Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast of Calcio Told Like It Is. I'm Frank Crivello. He's Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. How are we doing tonight? Oh man, we're okay. Um, you know, I, I'm not, I don't know if I want to give you a platform to gloat about American football. Um, <laughs> your little Washington, your little, Washington your little Washington footsies beating up on my Pittsburgh Steelers last. Actually, the Steelers beat up on themselves. Uh, more than anything, and a you know a, yeah. a team that's been getting better, the the the, the footies as we call them, uh, or as I'm calling them. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, we'll we'll certainly take advantage. So, like how you uh, uh, waited until like late last night uh, to go on Facebook and say that you were thankful for Ron Rivera and Alex Smith. You wanted that's to wait until the game was over. <laughs> Lisey's in the house. What's up, Lisey? What's up, Steve? What's up, Doug? Yeah, Lisey. Lisey, where you been, man? <laughs> we're not good enough for you anymore you're showing up on those other uh is it shirts or skins is it shirts or skins this week it's shirts definitely <laughs> shirts definitely yeah. shirts yeah definitely shirts. we don't want to lose viewers or li- we don't want to lose viewers we don't want to lose listeners so oh my goodness oh, yeah mercy so um oh miguel Everybody's joining in tonight, Richard. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I'm excited. I think everyone's excited to talk about Parma Benevento for sure. That 0-0 game was just, whoo, my goodness. Is that it? Or how about uh, Udinese Atalanta? <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's it. <laughs> the one that didn't happen. Oh, oh. yeah. Uh, well, what can you say? So, um, all right. Well, we've got uh, a few things to cover. We'll go over today's Champions League games. Uh, we'll preview tomorrow's Champions League game. One Europa League game that's important. Uh, you know, to all of us in Serie A. Yeah. Um, we will also uh, break down everything that did go down on match day 10 uh, in Serie A over the weekend. And then, of course, as always, we'll figure we'll finish up with uh, the world's uh, most favorite uh, hashtag game show, uh, Who Won Calcio Twitter? I mean, this is just yeah. getting this is just going on. It, 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 it continues to just get massive, massive uh, acclaim, doesn't it? You got teams, announcers. You got even leagues joining in now. It's 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 a whole. We have a one. we have an announcer among the nominees, a uh, a pundit, if you will. Uh, so uh, that'll be interesting. We've had yeah, we've had teams nominated. Um, yeah. Before long, we'll have celebrities nominated. It's there you go. There you go. Well, we're so, not celebrities yet. No, I guess not. No, no. Um, <laughs> even even I won't call myself a celebrity. So. No, not far from it. Yep, far from it. Uh, so let's start with uh, the big news of today. First of all, uh, let's start that is, you know, that did not impact, you know, by any means uh, City offense. But uh, I just want to, first of all, give a shout out and and uh, uh, show my applause and my appreciation for the players uh, and coaches from Paris Saint-Germain and Istanbul Basaksehir. here. Yeah. Uh, I think they handled that ugly, ugly situation today the best way possible walk off, refuse to play the match um, with the officiating crew in place. Uh, UEFA got the message loud and clear. They're going to resume the game tomorrow uh, with a new officiating crew. Uh, I don't know any more than that. I don't know if they rescinded the red card against the assistant coach. If UEFA has any common sense, they'll do that. Uh, City, are you taking notes on how to handle this stuff? Probably not. Probably not. So, Why would they? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Why would they? So, uh, you know, so I want to, you know, offer my congratulations. It was it was an ugly incident. I was actually watching the 
uh, Golazo show uh, when they brought it to our attention. Uh, the what they what they will put on the CBS Sports Network when they got all six games going on at the same time. I had that on the computer. I had the uh, Barcelona Juve game on the big screen. So um, you know it was, uh, and you just did, did put your attention on it all of a sudden, and uh, it did it. Uh, you know, Demba Ba, among others, uh, well played, um, handled it perfectly. Uh, and I salute, um, I salute everybody for making a very sensible decision. So, uh, you know, as far as that's concerned. So, um, but uh, now, as far as the uh, Serie A teams that were involved, the big story uh, at the Camp No, Juventus with a comprehensive performance uh, at Barcelona. I mean, a perfectly carried out game plan from minute one to minute 90, uh, yeah. Richard, in a 3-0 win over Barcelona. Um, uh, Penaldo uh, on the score sheet twice. Uh, a brilliant Weston McKinney goal um, yeah. that, the, that the Milan guys seem to want to just call a tap in. It was a little tougher it's, than that. It's very acrobatic. Uh, yes. Um, and... Uh, but you know, let me just start with uh, the guy, the, the 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 goat that I think stole the show, forty uh, two year old Gian Luigi Buffon. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. It, it's 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 up there in the uh, in the candidates for game of his life. Um, you know, because he he had to have it uh, to give Juve even a chance, and as a result. I mean, you know, let's talk about Gianluigi Buffon first and foremost, turning back the years of vintage performance in a game that everybody talked about, Messi and Ronaldo. Uh, there was another goat on the pitch, and that goat outplayed the other two. I, I, absolutely, and uh, he made some big saves. Uh, you know, obviously Juventus had a, a a point to prove in this one. They wanted to go out and they wanted to win the game, right? Um, and they put they, they, they shows what kind of confidence they have in Buffon to put him in net for a big game like that. They are, I mean, if they weren't interested in going for the first place spot, they wouldn't have started everyone they did. Ronaldo, I mean, you name it. Everyone who, all their big guys started in that game. So they put Buffon in there to put a lot of trust in him. There, Obviously, he's been getting a lot of the experience in the uh, Champions League and stuff, but he came a big game. Made the big saves on Messi and, and, and company and, uh, yeah, laid a big goose egg against uh, Barcelona. So a uh, fantastic job by Buffon, the GOAT, uh, the true GOAT in that game for sure. So, uh, yeah, well done by him. Uh, many are saying man of the match performance by him. So. Oh, man of the match for me, uh, no doubt about it. Um, I mean, the formula for beating Barcelona, especially beating them at the camp, no, if you're not Bayern Munich, um, is let them have the ball. Make they're, they're going to generate a lot of scoring chances because that's what Barcelona do regardless who wears those shirts. Yep. Um, you know, but try to make what they're doing as predictable as possible. Um uh, you know, Steve saying Messi doesn't want to be there and Barca is in trouble. Yeah, but this is probably this is the worst Barcelona team I've seen in 15 years. Yeah, um, I, I agree. And um, and that's a that's an understatement. But um, you know, make you know, give yourself a chance to know where the chances are going to come from, so that you can be in a position to defend them or save them. That's what they did. And then when you go the other way, when you get the chances that you have, take advantage and 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 make the most of them. Um, you know, they got a couple of penalties there, which helped. And then, of course, the goal uh, from McKinney um, there from uh, Juan Cuadrado. This is exactly when you when you play a team of the mystique of Barcelona and with a player like Lionel Messi in that team, that's the game plan you have to try to play when you're at the Camp Nou, and Juve carried it out perfectly. How about Juventus finally get some calls in the uh, Champions League, huh? They never they never get calls in, uh, in, in Champions League. So, no, yeah. 
they, 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 they definitely earned them. And I thought uh, the combination between Cuadrado and McKinney, uh, it's starting to show something. We saw something over the weekend. It led to a goal. It led to a goal again this time. Um, it was very – the tactics for Pirlo finally worked, right? Um, what we saw is um, some quick passes, some decisive movement by Juventus. And what I noticed is that they like to go to the wings and have McKinney come, uh, cut in as a center attacking forward and having uh, either Morata or, or um, Ronaldo go back post. And it seemed to work because they kept trying to look for McKinney. And if he didn't get it, Morata was there or Dybala, whomever. Um, the, the, the strategy worked perfectly against Barcelona. Like you said, they kind of play like a counterattacking game. They have the pace to be able to do that kind of stuff. Morata was definitely feasting off of that. Um, well done by well done by Juventus for sure. It's a masterclass against Juventus. Uh, they could have scored more goals, uh, but yeah, uh, all the way all the way around, you got to give uh, plaudits to uh, from Pirlo all the way to the, all the players. It was a well done performance. And it's a three 0 win, so they beat Barcelona on the head to head because Barcelona beat them two 0 in Turin. Yep, which gives Juventus the group win, which means they avoid getting drawn to play Bayern Munich. Um, they avoid getting drawn to play whoever comes out of Group B, whether it is uh, München Gladbach uh, or, or, or you know, the winner of Group B. Let's make that clear. If Inter beats, yeah. you know, and we'll get into Inter's chances here. Um, Manchester City, Liverpool, Chelsea, and Borussia Dortmund and uh, RB Leipzig. They get rid of all of those guys. Uh, or those guys are out of the question as far as who they, they they may have to see them later in the tournament, but they don't have to see them in the round of sixteen. Um, so that's, uh, what that win does, uh, for Juventus. Uh, and clearly they were going for it. You knew it, you knew, you, you knew it and how the uh, Pirlo was preparing this team, you know, in the weeks ahead, they said it was, it was all about going to Barcelona, winning by three or scoring at least three goals and winning by at least two, that would have done the trick too. So yeah, um, Lisi, you know, he has a good point. So, you know, Juventus play much better with Morata and McKinney in the lineup. We've seen that they, they both, we've, you know, we've. We've learned from our mistakes about Morato. He he's proven us wrong that he is a right fit for this team. And McKenney's also we we've seen it from the beginning. He's been a perfect fit. So both of them on the pitch is proven really well for for Juventus. Um, and so yeah, they're they're in a great position right now. And um, yeah, I mean uh, it's 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 clicking all at the moment. And you like you said, they're avoiding some of the big draws, which is key for them. It's going to be good for them to have a chance to go deep in the playoff and and in the in the knockout stages. Obviously, anything can happen, but. It's much easier when you don't have to play Bayern and some of those teams that you mentioned because uh, those teams are very, very good and Bayern's a reigning champion and they're still you know, annihilating teams left and right. Yeah. Um, the other match that uh, took place that actually took place in the uh, the earlier mm-hmm. um, slate, if you will, it was just two games. It was uh, you know trying to decide um, the uh, the fight, trying to decide their group Lazio. At home against uh, Club Bruges, where a draw or better would do, they ended up uh, drawing uh, Bruges by a final of two-two. Uh, I watched this game, um, and uh, I thought Lazio came out, played with a lot of confidence, uh, looked the better team. Lazzari was very dangerous going down the right-hand side. Obviously, Edward Sobel had issues dealing with him because he got booked very early in the game. Yeah. He commits a foul. I want to say in the 33rd odd minute that we thought probably could have been his second booking. Uh, but then he would get his second booking on another foul on Lizardi in the 39th minute. So we'll just couldn't deal with him. Uh, ends up getting sent off. Uh, and the thing I tweeted is that the, the moment that it happened, all of a sudden this downpour happens. This is almost like this foreshadowing of what mm-hmm. Club Bruges Champions League campaign becomes. 
as a result. <laughs> so, um, you know, so I, I just, I, I, I got a little bit of amusement out of that nonetheless, but, uh, Joaquin Correa follows up, um, on a well-struck ball by, uh, Luis Alberto. Um, Simon Mignolet can't handle it. Uh, Joaquin Correa cleans it up in the 12th minute. Uh, three minutes later, Pepe Reina has an issue dealing with a shot of his own, followed up by Rude Varmer. Uh, Immobile gets a penalty in the 27th minute. He drew the foul, uh, was brought down to the penalty area, converts the penalty there. And then the Sobel red card happening in the 39th minute. You know, really for me in the second half, Richard, um, I didn't, you know <sighs> – it, it looked like a Lazio team that played like they, they 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 played like game managers rather than looking for a third goal to just try to completely kill it off and remove all doubt. I just don't feel like they have, you know, it's it's something that you see Juventus do a lot because they can rely their their defense their defenders are better. Yeah. Um, I just don't feel like this is something that you know, Lazio should do. I mean, Lazio needs to be Lazio. You're up 2-1. Go figure out how to get ahead 3-1. And I thought that they tried to just – okay, we're a man up. As long as we don't screw up too bad, we go through. And even against a team like Club Bruges, who's a, who was a very good team, proved themselves really well throughout this, comp, this, this group stage, very, very dangerous to do. Yeah, it's a killer instinct we always talk about, right? And the, the good teams have it. They they smell blood and they go for it and, and put a team away misery out of their misery. Lots of didn't do that. They just like they're like you said, they're playing scared. They didn't want to make a mistake. And I think that's where you gave another uh, opposition a chance to come in and possibly win the game, as we you know we we can get to. But uh, yeah, I mean you you got you got a man up. You're winning the game. Go try to you know, try to go out their throats. Try to try to end the game. Put them out their misery and make it an easy ride for the rest of the game. They didn't do that. Uh, they, they get you give them you give team especially when they're down to ten men confidence. They'll start coming back into the game and start taking over the game. That's the last thing you want when you're trying to move on into the next round. Yeah, I uh, if that's Bayern Munich, they're scoring three or four more goals. Yeah. You know, if that's yeah. even Atalanta, who I know have been struggling in recent weeks, Napoli Atalanta are gonna Atalanta are gonna bury you if you do that. And same same with Napoli, um, you know, and I would even dare say Inter. Um, so I don't think Lazio is a team that has it. I, I think they need to be ruthless. I think they need to keep it. They needed to keep attacking. They nearly uh, let this get out of hand. And then in the 76th minute, Hans Vanneken uh, scoring um, one of the players that Bruges has depended on here in this competition, mm-hmm. um, assisted by Vormer. Vormer had himself a nice game here, yeah. uh, you know, good going player. the other way, especially, uh, and he's a very good player. I mean, there's some players in here in this Bruges team, Vormer, uh, and uh, De Ketteler, I'm very impressed with in particular. And someone no long had to, was a was a victim of the the red card. Those are guys that have a chance to find work somewhere else, um, you know, for uh, for more money. Um, but uh, and then it was uh, a De Ketteler chance that hits the crossbar uh, in stoppage time. Um, so close. Yeah, and Michael's making the point that I'm just making. Game management's not Lazio's game. Better off to just keep getting after it and scoring more goals. That's what you. That's yeah. what they should be set up to do. Absolutely. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, Lazio were centimeters away from getting knocked out of this Champions League and ending up in the Europa League, uh, and it was yeah. over a, a a tactical approach that just Didn't doesn't work. doesn't fit them. No, it doesn't. And uh, you know, it's it's very un Simone Inzaghi like, especially this season. He's done such a brilliant job. Uh, our our buddy Uncle Sharma's in the house, and he says, uh, "What's Inzaghi's ceiling? Does he has a Juve job lined up in the future?" Uh, I mean, it's possible. I mean, not with the way he played tonight, but, um, you know, 
he's a brilliant manager. He what he's done this season for Lazio, like we met, we mentioned over and over on all, all the podcasts, is that it's it's one of the best you've seen on Europe. Just what he's had to deal with, what Lazio's had to deal with. Um, but this is very anti Simone Inzaghi. What he did today, a man up, you should be putting your foot on their throat and try to end this game instead of trying to be a game manager because that does not suit Lazio. Whatever they don't have the players to do a, be a game manager. They're not Allegri's Juventus. You know they can't do that. So. They need to. He needs to figure out a way in these kind of games to put, you know, put the foot down. Get, go smell. If you smell blood, go for it. Put the other team out of the misery. And I think if he can figure that out, he's going to become a freaking. Everybody's going to be a hot commodity. Everybody's going to want him. I don't know if he's going to go to Juventus necessarily. He seems to have Lazio in his blood. Um, if he goes anywhere, it's probably going to be out of the out of the country. But who knows? You never know. I guess money can talk. We never thought uh, Sadi was going to go to Juventus, right? And he ended up going there. So, I mean, anything's possible. But. <laughs> At least for for now, he needs to figure out. You know, going into the next round, you need to you need to put the team out of their misery. Up a man, even doesn't matter. End the game. Um, they uh, here's my. I mean, my take on this is simple. I think he's living his ceiling. Um, yeah, I think he's living his Kobe ceiling right now. I think yeah. I think he's a Lazio lifer. I don't think that you know. Quite honestly, um, I really don't um think that he wants to go anywhere else. Um, uh, you know, I, quite frankly, and I can't, I can't see him any, anywhere else, but you know, the second place finish, um, which because, you know, Dortmund was able to, uh, rally and, and win their game, uh, against Zenit. So a second place finish leaves them with the likelihood of drawing a, you know, playing like their possibilities. Let me ask you, who would you like to see if you're Lazio, uh, Leipzig, Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester city. Uh, whoever wins Group B, uh, and then Bayern Munich. Shit. Not good. Uh, not good. No. This could be done after the round of sixteen for Lazio at this point. Yeah. I mean, Group B, I could see it if it's Munchen Gladbach. I'd give them half a chance. Yep. Um, just because I think Munchen Gladbach can be so poor defensively. Yeah. But if Real, I, I I think Real Madrid will beat them tomorrow. Um, if you know if they're serious about it, they'll and and win the group. Are they good enough? Is the question. Yeah. Right. So let's just you know if that's if that's for uh, for so those are the possible opponents. So let's just say for the sake of argument, Real Madrid beats Munchen Gladbach. Okay. And Inter beat Shakhtar Donetsk. Then it's then it's Real Madrid winning the group with Inter finishing second. So then yeah, Lazio would possibly have to see Real Madrid as another boss as another opponent. So um, out of know, all so the teams, I might want to face Real Madrid uh, as opposed to other teams you mentioned, Leipzig and Chelsea and some of those other teams. I would probably want to go after Real Madrid just because they're so inconsistent. Right. They have, obviously have the talent, but uh, yeah, it's it's tough. Like like Miguel says, yeah, it's tough for Lazio, you know, finishing the second. Why it's yep. even more important why Juventus finished first. They avoid some of these big big draws, you know. So. Yep. Yep. You know, I mean, and and <clears throat> I don't know if they had the chops to go any deeper into the Champions League anyway. Um, yeah. But if they could have figured out how to win at Signal Iduna, uh, a, a team with when they didn't have Erling Holland. At their disposal, um, yeah. we're talking about a different ball game. We're talking about them as a group winner. Um, but you got to, you know, you've got to seize those opportunities. And Lazio just, you know, they've been opportunistic, yeah. you know, throughout most of this campaign and throughout, you know, Serie A in terms of how they've been getting their points. You know, so it's going to take something for them to get beyond the round of sixteen, considering the possible teams that they could get drawn against. It's not not looking particularly good for them. So no, it's not. All right. Um, moving on, uh, to tomorrow's matches. Uh, like I said, group B is wide open. Inter is a part of it. They host Shakhtar Donetsk. Um, if they win, 
they have to win, first of all, because right now they're bottom of the group. If they win, they'll pull ahead of Shakhtar Donetsk. Then they would have to have a winner between Real Madrid and Mönchengladbach. Okay? Uh, because if Inter win, they'll be on eight points. Shakhtar will be on seven. All right, is everybody following me? Get out your calculators. Get your or, or your abacus. And if Real Madrid draw Munchen Gladbach, that means Real Madrid and Inter will be level on eight points, and Real Madrid has them beat head to head. Yeah. Um, so they Inter has to have a winner between the between Real Madrid and Munchen Gladbach. All right. And the best case scenario is that and that's what they're gonna need. Um so uh I think Inter will beat. I think Inter should go on and beat Shakhtar Donetsk. I think there's gonna. I think it's gonna be dramatic. They're gonna be dramatic in the process of doing so. Um, but will there be a winner between München Gladbach and, and Real Madrid, or is this gonna be 1982 West Germany Austria? It might. It might be that. It might be 82. I don't. I don't see Gladbach losing that game honestly. But I, Real Madrid I, can't risk that because if Shakhtar beat no. Real Madrid, if Shakhtar draw, if, if Shakhtar and Inter end in a draw, then Real Madrid have to win. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I, I don't I don't see Gladbach losing. I don't. I, I think they've been the most consistent of the group. Um and I, I don't I see a draw at minimum with them. Unfortunately, I I just think it's too it's too little too late for, for Inter, you know. And you know, if you should go check out Uncle Sharma's live stream tomorrow, it's gonna be interesting. It's always it always is when you're watching Inter and watching Uncle Sharma. <laughs> uh he's gonna be sweating bullets for sure, maybe in the ambulance. But uh yeah, it's gonna be tough. I don't I and I, I hate to say it, bud, but uh, I don't think Inter are gonna be the ones uh, moving out because They've dug themselves too much of a hole. They're too inconsistent. But if, but if they beat Shakhtar, and if you say Munchen Gladbach's going to beat Real Madrid, Inter will go through. They'll finish second. Well, they got to win, right? First steps yeah. first. First steps first is the win. Yep. Uh, they got to beat Shakhtar. Shakhtar, who's beaten Real Madrid twice already in this group. So they, they're a good team. Can't take them lightly. And I think they'll win. It's just a matter of what's going to happen in that other game because we're talking about an Inter that destroyed Shakhtar in the Europa mm-hmm. League semifinals. And in the game in Donetsk, Inter did everything in that game but score. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, I just I think that I think that Conte has a a a a formula for dealing uh with this Shakhtar team. Um so you know, so I, I I'm expecting Inter to win. I actually think it's but it's going to be Pazzo Inter. Something crazy is gonna happen. They're probably gonna fall behind and then they're gonna come from behind and win. Uh, yeah. it's gonna be something silly like that. Never and, easy. It's never easy with them. No, it's never easy. And Uncle Sharma's gonna you know, I might have to tune into that. Um yeah. You know, ambulance Sharma, <laughs> yep, aneurysms, uh, galore. aneurysms galore. Um, we could have about eight aneurysms in the space of an hour and a half. Oh, my! So, anyway, um, and then also we have Atalanta traveling to Ajax final match day there. Uh, only second place in this group is up for grabs. Atalanta currently hold it by a mm-hmm. point and need to go to Amsterdam and get a draw and on their form. I can't see it. Yeah. I can't, I can't see, see a win. It. I can't see a win for sure. I can see a draw, and I'm talking about a score draw, like a 2-2. I, I can't see them holding, you know, stopping them from scoring, and I definitely don't see a win. I mean, they could surprise us. They've done it before, but it, Atalanta, like you said, they've been very sketchy this season, especially defensively. Lately, they haven't been able to score. So, I mean, I don't know. Guys, what's on tap tonight? I'm assuming that's what George is asking. I'm drinking River West Stein. Um... A uh, delicious, uh, delicious amber lager from uh, the folks at Lakefront Brewery in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I got some water, coffee and water. There you go. Ever since the pandemic started, I've been buying my beer from uh, from uh, local uh, breweries, trying to 
trying to help them out in any way I can. So. I hope everyone in the chat's drinking something tonight too. Get yep. Yeah, tell us what you're drinking. Michael Lisi's having it's a Stella Artois. All right. That a boy. Oh yeah. man. So, um, here's the thing that Atalanta does have going for them: at Midland win, at Liverpool win. So yep. they've won away. Um, they can. I think you know they can get something away. If I'm looking at the rest of their. You know, looking at the rest of their away form, they drew nil-nil at Spezia. They won at Crotone. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see what else I can find for away. This from, is not the same Ajax that we've seen in years past. This is this is not a good. Uh, this is a decent Ajax. I'm not gonna say they're not good. They're, this is decent Ajax, but they're not the scary one that we've seen make those deep runs in the, in the Champions League in the past. Um, they're beatable at home. They're beatable on the road. It's just a matter of will Atalanta show up. Which Atalanta is going to start? We're going to see the one that lost five nothing to uh, to Liverpool, or the one that beat beat them two nothing. We don't know. Yep. It's game time decision. <laughs> I mean, Ajax is coming off of a two uh, one loss to FC Twente over the weekend. Atalanta didn't play. Um, you know, other than that, Ajax has been shredding everybody in the Eredivisie over the last several weeks. Um, so, including, I mean, back in October, that ridiculous thirteen nil win they had over uh, Venlo. So. Yeah. Um, let's see. We've got uh, Grappa di Poli, yep. uh, Elysian Space Dust. Uh, Doug, uh, enlighten me. What is that? Um, Spaten Doppelbach. All right. Yeah. Absolutely. Breaking up the German stuff. Good stuff. Guys, Good great, choices, right. chat. Absolutely. Good choices. Absolutely. I'm going to have to get an alcoholic drink now. Everyone's got an alcohol except for me. Yep. I'll work on that. I got a bar behind me. So it comes down to can. Atalanta, if they play a counterattacking game, I like their chances because they're going to be so deadly going forward. If they try to monopolize possession in this game, I think that'll hurt them because I think defensively they're not sorted out. And Ajax have quality going forward and they can be very dangerous. You know, yeah, a guy like a Lucina Traore, if he gets the chance to start, and I don't know what his injury status is or health or any of this other stuff. I'm just naming names. Dusan Tadic is a very good, you know, technician of the ball, very good on set pieces. Yeah. Um, and they've got different guys that can score, um, different guys that can bomb forward and score. The midfield are all capable of scoring goals. Um, you have Talia Fico and Masrawi can come forward and, and be a nuisance, although you know the presence of the uh, Atalanta wingbacks could nullify them a little bit. So now that I've talked about this a little bit, I'll take the cowards route out and say this will be a draw. Yeah, I, 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 I expect a draw. I scored draw 2-2 two, two or something. Um, yeah. The only thing that like that, that scares everybody is that defense for for Atalanta. They just they're prone to making stupid mistakes and letting up stupid goals. So we'll see. Uh, they're probably gonna let up let up a goal. It's, it's whether they can score or not. And I think the the wing back play for Atalanta is gonna be huge. Obviously the midfield play as well. Uh, that's gonna drive the team. And Duvan's been a little bit quiet lately, both in the league and and, and Champions League. Um, but we need to see you know Golsens and Hatbor and, and the rest of the guys pick up the slack and really. Uh, provide some goal scoring, and maybe uh, Papa will get can pop in and get something in there. So uh, it's possible. It's very doable. I, I draw. I think is at best for them, um, and, I, and I think they can get that. Papa Papa needs to not be a schmuck to Gasparini and, and yeah, and, I don't know. So he's not getting yanked at halftime, especially yeah. when I'm if I'm playing him in DraftKings lineups. <laughs> so that just that 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 uh, I profited that day, but my upside was uh, limited thanks to that. So, um, and then, uh, okay, so Georgia's going 3-2 for, for Atalanta. Michael likes 2-2. Two, two. So we're all kind of making the consensus that Atalanta will qualify. So um, you think Borussia Mönchengladbach will beat Real Madrid? 
I and, and with Inter beating Shakhtar, Inter finished second. I think Real Madrid will beat Mönchengladbach with Inter beating Shakhtar. So we think that we will go four for four in getting the Serie A teams through uh, to the round of sixteen in the Champions League. So that would be uh, that would be good stuff if it happened. So yeah, absolutely. Napoli Real Sociedad is really the only game of consequence um, that has something on the line um, at the Diego Armando Maradona Stadium. Uh, mm, that's a nice. Yes, Napoli is my first time I got to say that. So pretty, pretty, pr- pretty happy that I got to do that. But uh, Napoli top the group on ten points, and a draw will do. Uh, yeah. If they lose, they risk going out um, yeah. with uh, uh, Odset Alkmar uh, traveling to Rijeka. Uh, but a game that they probably should win. Um, yep. So you you have to come away. Catuzo's men have to come away, away with at least a draw here uh, against Real Sociedad. They can't worry yeah. about what's going on in the other game. I agree. They need to put, they need to put the foot you know put the foot down right away and try to get a goal early. And then you know they can get they can manage the game if they wanted to. They're, they're that they're capable of that. But they need to go and get a goal goal early to kind of calm the nerves. And then really you know maybe more goals come from that for them. But um, a draw is certainly doable, and I, I expect them to move on for sure. I think three for three in Europa League. I think Sociedad, uh, they've been stumbling a little bit. They had a very difficult – I mean, they were very disappointing in a 2-2 draw against Rijeka last week. So mm-hmm. um, could very well see Napoli – I expect Napoli will get something out of this. I think they're the better team right now, the way those two teams are running. I know that Real, Real Sociedad is having a pretty nice run in La Liga mm-hmm. at the moment. But, um, you know, when you look at the form of a Real Madrid and a Barcelona right now, and even an Atletico Madrid, that's not saying a whole hell of a lot. So nope. – um, so that's uh, that's our takes. Uh, but the question I have for Laziali, if you do listen to this podcast, um, uh, were you happy with that second half against Club Bruges today? Uh, should Lazio be much more of a go-for-the-throat team and not be game managers? Tell us what you think at City. I sit down on Twitter uh, or Instagram. Uh, and Richard, now let's move on to the to match week 10. Take them all. <laughs> take, yeah, I'll take them all. Why not, all. right? Why not? Uh, so we're going to start off the action with uh, Spezia hosting Lazio. Uh, this was an interesting game. It's uh, a lot closer than it should have been, really, for Lazio. Uh, goal scoring started in the 15th minute. Uh, Ciro Immobile would get the goal, uh, make it 1-0. Uh, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, the goal of the week candidate in the 33rd minute off the free kick, made it 2-0. Looked like Lazio were in cruise control, uh, but they took the foot off their gas and let Spezia right back into the match. Uh, and Zola would get a goal in the 64th, make it, in the 64th minute, Excuse me, make it 2-1. Made it interesting. Uh, Lazio were able to game manage and hold on. Uh, went 2-1 on the road there. Derby della Mola, the big game of the weekend. Uh, Juventus hosting Torino. Uh, this was an interesting game from the get-go. Uh, goal scoring started in the ninth minute. Uh, Nicholas and Kulo get a goal off a corner kick. Made it 1-0. Uh, love to see a Derby start off with a goal that early in the game. Really gets the juices going. Um, Torino had a chance to go up 2-0. Uh, Belotti plays in Simone Zaza on a beautiful breakaway. All he had to do was put in the back of the net, and he hits Chesney. Chesney with a great save. Uh, kept him in the game at that point. That would come back to bite Torino. Uh, Torino had another great opportunity as well late in that first half. Uh, a beautiful attempt at a volley by uh, by um, El Gallo Belotti uh, just over the crossbar. Nonetheless, one nothing at halftime. Torino with the lead. Unfortunately for them, that's the last they would score, and Juventus would just start scoring in the second half. Uh, a guy we talked about who scored his uh, first Champions League goal for Juventus Got his first Serie A goal. We're talking about Weston McKinney off mm-hmm. the assist from Juan Cuadrado in the 77th minute to make it 1-1. And then leaving it late, uh, again going a similar play as, as, the, as the McKinney goal. This time Bonucci would get the tap in on the back with a header in the back door. 
uh, 2-1. Juventus win the derby late. Uh, they get all three points. Big win for them in the derby. And I know all the Juventini around there were celebrating that win. Um, moving on, Inter hosting Bologna. Uh, Lukaku started off the scoring in the 16th minute. A wonderful goal there. Uh, and then in the 45th minute, Hakimi would get a goal of the week candidate to make it 2-0 for uh, Inter. Uh, Bologna would peg one back in the 67th minute through a goal by Vignato. Uh, but just three minutes later, Hakimi with another goal of the week candidate, a solo run, uh, made it 3-1. Inter take all three points at home. Uh, moving on, Hellas hosting Cagliari. Uh, that man, Zaccagni, he going, he's on the score sheet again. Uh, he gets goal in the 21st minute. Uh, but Cagliari would open up the second half with an early goal by Marin uh, in the 48th to make it 1-1. That would be all the goals in that game, but that was a very entertaining game. Entertaining is not something you could say about Parma Benevento. That game ended 0-0. Not much action to talk about in that, in that one. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I should say, in the Roma-Sassuolo, another 0-0 matchup. Uh, that was a lot more action in that one. Um, good chances both ways going forward. Uh, Sassuolo struggling to score without Chicho Caputo again. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they're missing him big time. Um, a game that should have been played, uh, Udinese Atalanta was postponed due to uh, terrible, terrible rains. Uh, waterlogged pitch. Uh, we saw waterlogged pitch not too long, a couple weeks ago with Lazio, but this game, this was unplayable. Uh, the game will be rescheduled at a later date. Uh, Crotone hosting Napoli. Uh, that's about the extent of uh, Crotone's highlights right there. Napoli, uh, an emphatic win. A goal of the week candidate in the 31st minute by Lorenzo Insigne. Uh, 58th followed up Lozano with an assist to him. Uh, made it 2-0 at that point. In the 76th, Deme with a nice strike, 3-0. And then in stoppage time, the big man, the pizza man, Patania gets a goal. Eyes for everybody. Eyes for everybody. We haven't said that in months. That's right. He's been eating. That's why. <laughs> Napoli won on the road four <laughs> nil. Uh, Sampdoria hosting Milan. Now that was an, that was a fun game to watch. Uh, goal scoring would start in the 45th minute. A penalty, a controversial penalty, which we'll get back to. Uh, Kessie would convert, make it one nothing. Uh, that was how, that's how the, the, the score would be at halftime. Uh, Casillejo would get a nice goal set up all by Hauga and Rebic. Uh, two nothing at that point in the 77th minute. Just five minutes later, Ekdal will make it interesting, make it two to one. Uh, Milan hold on to get the get all three points on the road in there and remain a five point lead at the top of the table. And then today's action, or yesterday's action, I should say, Fiorentina hosting Genoa. Uh, <laughs> you had to tune into this game very late to see any goals in this one. And the 89th minute, Marco Piazza gets a goal. Genoa thinks they got the win. But no, in the eighth, yes, eighth minute of stoppage time, Milinkovic would get a goal, make it 1-1. Frank, where do you want to start with this? Um, Let's go to Lazio uh, first because uh, they were dominated in this game uh, by Spezia. I mean, Spezia had 16, 65% possession, outshot Lazio 15-4. to um, And uh, it was and, – and Spezia played with a three-man attack. And Stephen K. Moore – uh, had a very interesting tweet uh, today about the Lazio Club Bruges game. And one of the observations prior to the uh, red card um, was how Lazio was, again, another three-man attack uh, that Club Bruges was coming out with. And that back three is struggling to cope with these three-man fronts, um, you know, all of a sudden. So, um, you know, so that's something we're going to have to keep an eye on. And if teams look at Lazio and figure out how they can do things tactically, and you got to look at the team's, in this league, who could they possibly run into problems with? They could run into problems with Sassuolo. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could run into problems with um, – ah, you're grabbing, you're cracking a beer. Good I man. wish. It's just water. Oh, it's just water? <laughs> okay. 
Chad, get on him for not uh, not having a beverage tonight. All right. Um, Milan could be a front three if they wanted to. They 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 tend not to. It's more of a four two three one. Yeah. Um, Napoli can be a front three quite easily with how they're set up. Um, you know, so yeah. that's something that we probably want to keep an eye on with Lazio defensively. I like what I like that shot from Steven. Uh, and here they had problems against the Spezia team that I, you know, I, I think this was, you know, maybe a, a result that was flattering for Lazio again. Uh, but, you know, teams with good players are going to take advantage of situations. And that's what Lazio is doing. And Lazio is getting a lot of their points. Like I said, they did this in the Champions League. And a lot of this, you know, they had some adversity with that, too. But they are they're getting they're, they're, they're getting their points out of opportunity. They're not getting their points out of controlling things. Um, and that can only last so long. Yeah, luck, luck tends to run out in a situation like this. You want to be, you, I mean, it's good to be resourceful. Like we've seen Juventus made from you know, the last 10 years, it seems like. Uh, it's good to be resourceful, but to be lucky, opportunistic, that can only go so far. You want to be able to, you want to, be able to control games and, yeah, take, take advantage of when you can, but um, that, that luck can Juve, run out so far. Juve's the only team that can play like that and be successful yeah. in this league. Yeah, it's worked for 10 years. And Hellas, you know, probably Hellas Verona. If they get yeah. a, a goal or a two goal lead, they they know how to clamp it and they know how to, you know. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so they need to figure stuff out, uh, Lazio do, because, uh, yeah, they can't do that stuff. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not it's not fun to watch for us. And I'm sure Lazio, like, hate to watch it too, because this is like, you know, clenching, that, clenching their fist throughout the last minutes of the game, hoping that uh, they can hold on for dear life. Um, Juventus, uh, Found a way to win against Torino. They they fell behind. I mean, they controlled this game though. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, it's one of those odd goals that you're going to fall behind. And Torino missed some great opportunities though. I mean, they three, did. at least three golden opportunities they could have had to add on to their lead and it the, came the, back to bite them. The Zaza chance. The Zaza was a big one. And then Belotti had a good attempt. It was a, it was a crazy yeah. attempt, but it, I mean, it was close. Yeah. Um, and there was another one. I forget who it was, but um, yeah, they, they got to do better putting things away, especially when you play in a rival, a big game like that, where the smallest fractions will make the biggest change, biggest sure. difference. Sure. Um, Inter, I thought uh, this is an impress. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm starting to see Inter come around a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that the win in Germany uh, was a real gut check for them. Yeah, uh, and to be able to parlay that into this win over a Bologna team that you know we've we've talked about this Bologna team being one that's been a little bit underachieving so far. Um, they've managed to get back into the top half of the table, but very very slow to start the beginning of the season, and obviously have their share of dangerous players. Um, you know, but to get three nil up and kill this thing uh, before you let um, uh, before you know, excuse me uh, two two nil up. And then you get the Vignato goal, and to pick yourselves up and 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 come right back and score, um, that's uh, that's pretty impressive. And I think that this is a, a an Inter team that's starting to come around a little bit. Um, How good is Hakimi? Hakimi's been he's good. He, he's, he's getting better, better every game. Well, I mean, who can keep up with him in this league? Nobody yet. Nobody yet. Um, yeah, I mean, and it's just like if you Teo certainly couldn't have. Yeah, left backs. And left wingbacks, and for that matter, are in for a long night when when Hakimi's up on lining up on the other side. Nobody else has figured this out. No, um, Brozovic was very good in this game. Um, yeah. You know they are deputizing 
left wing backs. They're they're plugging in Perisic there, which isn't the greatest position for him, but he's he's pulling it off. You know, he's he's making it look good. Um, and another guy that I think that you know, and he got subbed off in this game, but another guy that I think is um, growing in confidence as a player uh, that we haven't spent a lot of time talking about yet. Um, I uh, I'm becoming more and more of a fan of Alessandro Bastoni. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. You know, I think that you know he had a great uh, uh, Nations League run uh, with, over the last international break, and you've seen that now translate over. I mean, you 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 barely talk about him having a bad game anymore. He doesn't he doesn't seem to play like a kid anymore, and I think that that's something that we could knock him for in recent seasons. Um, he's certainly. Um, he, he's certainly playing uh, a lot better. He's playing a lot more confident, um, you know, and, and, and he should be the left side of that back three, not Alexander Kolarov, because I Correct. think it'll make Inter more formidable defensively um, yeah, and, and a little bit tougher to break three. down. Yeah. He belongs in that back three, hundred percent. Ian, and I'm looking at what is, is Steve talking about Bologna's lineup from this game? I don't know, Steve, why don't you let us know? But well, select well, few players, the wrong tactical lineup. And Aaron Hickey, he he moved Tomiyasu to the left side of the back three. He moves him around a lot, I noticed. Uh, yep. Tomiyasu, and yeah, granted, Tomiyasu is very versatile. He can play all his positions, but I mean, I hate when they play guys in multiple positions because you know you got you got to give him a chance to play one position, and get really really good at that one position, as opposed to being versatile in many positions. I don't and know. he had Medell deputizing as a defender too, which yeah. doesn't work. Um, he's got to sit in front of a defense. Um, you know, and then you had the combination of Svanberg and Scouten, who are are both players that I think are improving. But um, oh, I get it, I get it. With the Cena, so Cena, so there's a mole in the locker room apparently. So he gave he gave guys some of the guys the wrong lineup to see who would be the leak to the media. Oh, that's what it was. Ah, oh, I didn't hear that. Oh, okay. okay. Well, let's let's stick with Inter because Miguel brought up a good point. Um, poor Erickson, he gets subbed on in like the 90th minute, 91st minute. Conte is doing everything he can to humiliate this guy. Humiliate this guy, and I, and I heard an uh, interesting conversation. And I think Uncle Charlotte maybe. Who wanted him? Did 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 Conte want him or did Suning want him? That's a good question. I don't know. It's probably since he's an English Premier, a Premier League guy. It's probably Conte. That's even my guess. But he's can't he can't find a way to put him anywhere. Anyway, I saw a conversation that I think Uncle Sharma put out there where it was Vietti and and Cassano talking about it, and they both said like, if they did that shit to me, we would have tore up that locker room. I mean, we would be fighting. Like, you don't yeah. do that shit. That's disrespectful. I, I agree. I mean, it's the look on Erickson's face when he's trying to get subbed on. This is like, are you fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, what they're doing to Erickson right now, what Conte is doing to Erickson, I should say. It's just, it's it's ludicrous. And if you don't like the guy, just don't don't play him at all. Don't bring him on the freaking 91st minute. Right. Poor guy. And right. imagine, this is the guy we wanted here in Milan for year, years ago when he was still young. Uh, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's uh, it's pretty ugly. Um, you know, with that situation, and I, th- I think he's gone in January. I can't see him. Yeah, I can't done. see him staying. Yeah, no. Bobby Gags is getting run over Christian Eriksen, and if Bobby, Bobby Gags <laughs> is getting run over, we're using that. Uh, yeah, our our, our friend uh, Forza Inter Haiti uh, with that one. <laughs> and if Bobby Gags is getting run over Christian Eriksen, Christian Eriksen's time is up. I mean, and it, it was over before it started. Yeah. So, yeah. Would you? Let me ask you this. As a Milan supporter, and then we got Stevie in here, and we got Miguel in here. If this Chalhanolu contract thing doesn't work out, mm-hmm. would you take him from? Would you take Ericsson from Inter to be the number ten? 
Not to be the number 10. I would have him on the team just because he, he might be trying to spite Inter and find some way to get back at them and play like brilliantly. Maybe he ends up being the starting lineup, but I would rather have Hauga or some of the younger guys step up, maybe Ibrahim to get more opportunity to play that 10 role. Or maybe, you know, Rebic plays a 10 role and, and Hauga plays out left or something. I would rather have those guys get play time. Liao, um, not necessarily Ericsson, but I would want to have him on the team because he might have that spite in him that he wants to get back at Conte any way he can and you know, another derby comes around. He may just try to put him in the game and see what happens. Maybe uh, he get, goes off for two goals, two free kick goals. Who knows? But I would pick him up. But I don't think he would be a starter on the team. Okay, okay. I, I, I'm just, I'm just, you? I'm, you? I'm, I'm spitballing. And yes, because he's good. He's talented. Yeah. He's not a what what Antonio Conte learned the hard way. Whether he wanted him or not, is he is not an Antonio Conte guy. His midfielders play with Grinta. You know, you, you go all the way to the to the 2016 team at the Euros. Yep. Okay. That's what he wants in his midfield. You know, he doesn't want a guy. He's not going to have a system where somebody gets to play higher than the other two and doesn't have to, um, uh, you know, withdraw and have to do all of the dirty work. But Pioli can motivate him. Absolutely. You keep that. You you put him in front of that double pivot with Benacer and Kessie. I would take Erickson because we, yeah, um, I would absolutely take Erickson. You know, I, you know, I would tell, Con, I would tell Chalhanolu, you're not worth six and a half or seven million a year. No. Um, as as much as I've as much as I've enjoyed watching you play for Milan, and as much as I've, I've enjoyed the job you've done, you know, if I can get Erickson to come in here for a little bit less than that, and chances are I can get him for that because of the situation here at Inter and what's happened with his reputation. Yeah. Um I I would do it. I would do it. I would add another veteran that's been in big competitions. All right. That can help that can continue to help these young guys who are, oh by the way, now becoming veterans and are maturing themselves. Um and you know <laughs> and and you move along without missing a beat. Mm. So you know, I mean, Erickson didn't suck all of a sudden. He just doesn't fit what Antonio Conte wants in his midfield. It's, yeah. you know, it's simple as that. Yep. So, um, Sassuolo missed Chicho. You, you mentioned that. Um, and it was actually Roma that outshot Sassuolo 16 to 5 in that game, just, yeah, despite yeah. being a man down. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, uh, you know, that is a, a very, very much a product of Sassuolo. Doing a lot of probing, um, but not having the guy at the top to finish it off, you know, and, and 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 it surprises me, and it actually puzzles me that they could only get five shots with a man advantage with guys like Jeremy Bolga and Domenico Berardi who can create their own shot. So we wonder if Sassuolo shot their load here in the early stage of the season. Um, but I, I I I would like to see Caputo get back into this team before I make that conclusion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's hard to say. It's also you got to think about Roma's midfield is very good. They're good at keeping possession of the ball, whether they have Pedro or not, you know, with his red card. Um, they, they're very good. They're, they're, a lot of people aren't talking about their midfield as they should be. It's a very good midfield. A lot of good ball players on that, on that midfield um, who know how to distribute the ball well. And so they know how to keep the ball and, and play keep away. And when you have the ball, you can get more shots and the opposition is not going to get as many. So um, I think part of that was that. But, yeah, even against Inter – Sassuolo struggled in that one, and you know, not having Caputo there, he he takes away two defenders at times. That's how good he is, um, and it frees up his other teammates to hold the ball and find other people. So, not having a striker, your one of your big one of your big men uh, does hurt. 
and we'll see, let's see when he comes back if the team you know finds their form again if not then maybe it's a they shot their load maybe it's like a Cagliari situation with last year sorry george if you're listening uh but <laughs> we hope not because they're so fun to watch does Zerbi look like he's done such a brilliant job to start the season and i hate to see that team or any team fade as as they are and and george i can't i i wouldn't be too i wouldn't be too disappointed over over the draw here at, at verona verona's become a very good team this is a game that had 31 shots, um, and then uh, looked like uh, I mean the, the the goalkeepers overall weren't horribly trouble or inconvenience, but Kanyo had to make a couple of big saves to keep Cagliari in it. But I mean I think that that's a solid point, uh, you know, for Cagliari, you know, in terms of trying to make their push to be in, being a top half team. I don't think Europe's in their future, but you know, eighth through tenth in that range should be something that's reasonable for them as they build a project there. Under Eusebio Di Francesco, so I mean, I and just Hellas to... is one of the best defensive teams in the league. You got to remember that. So you get a goal from them, you got a good result. That's a good score. I mean, Hellas is going to be challenging people for Europe this year. They're the best defensive team in the league right now, uh, along with Juventus. They both in through ten games have only conceded eight. Uh, Milan is next after that with nine, and then Napoli on ten. Um, and uh, my wife decided to pass the Dyson now. What WTF? Uh oh, honey, do list. <laughs> Get to it, Stevie. Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> um, here's the thing about the Napoli Crotone game. This game was actually relatively balanced until the red card, um, which tells me that, you know, well, I mean, it, it, it tells you the obvious thing. Napoli went and absolutely destroyed. They did what Lazio probably should have done today in the Champions Thank League. Thank you. Okay. Um, they they just went nuts. They scored three more goals. Um, but this game was tight until that, that red card changed it and really took Crotone out of the game because they were in it. The game was relatively balanced. They really weren't doing anything from an attack that was troubling um, uh, Napoli's defense. But 1-0 down, you need one no matter how you get it to get yourself back into it. And that red card probably took away any probability for them to get something out of the game. So on the one end, I can sit there and say, you know, Napoli did what a good team should do in that situation, but I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm more impressed with what they did against Roma last week. Yeah. You know, than what they did here. Yeah. Dismantling a a midfield and a team like Roma, the way they did compared to what they did at Crotone, that that performance against Roma is far better than this one. Like I said, it it was fairly balanced. They had, they only had one nil lead and, you know, they're probing and they had some opportunities. I think not having Osiman is definitely hurting them because he was so dynamic for them. Definitely made their offense that much more difficult to to handle. And I don't know how serious his injury is, but um yeah, it's you know, with having you know guys like like Batania out there, he's very it's very easy to track him. <laughs> you know, he's not that quick. Uh but yeah, I, I thought Napoli, while it was close, I still saw a second goal coming. It was it was a lot more even, like you said, for sure. Uh, but they they did what they all good teams should do, and what Lazio should have done is put a, you know, when they got that advantage, you take over and just and just destroy the team, give make them lose all hope, uh, and that's why you know that's why we consider Napoli you know, a good team. It's because they do stuff like this. That's why they're you know they are in the, they are where they are in, in the standings because of the way they play. So, did I hear this right? Fabio Quagliarella, Fabio Quagliarella has never scored against Milan. I can't. But I feel like he scored. Did, when did I, or did I imagine that at some point in my life? Did I imagine somebody saying that at some point in my life? I feel like he's I thought scored. I saw somebody saying that. I think I. I think it was Zio 
who said it on Twitter. Maybe. Maybe. I would have felt like when he was at Juventus, he would have scored against Milan. Yeah. I don't think he's that. Yeah. And, and that, that might actually be true <laughs> for as decorated his career is and all the goals that he scored that he's never scored on Milan. He didn't score here. Yeah. Uh, Ekdal did. Um, but Milan, a game that I was actually very nervous about considering how Sampdoria were going to set up tactically against him. It was a very even game, I thought. Yeah. Um, I mean, Milan had the edge in possession. They got a few more shots off than than Sampdoria did. So, you know, statistically, Correct. It, it tipped towards Milan. But aesthetically, um, you're looking at Thorsby had missed a great opportunity with a header uh, late in the game. Uh, some other good chances that uh, Donnarumma came up big early in the match. Uh, Tonelli had a nice header that Donnarumma had to stop in like the first minute of the game. Um, Donnarumma came up big. He, had, he came up big when he had to. Didn't have many opportunities, but... I thought the chances that Sampdoria had were very dangerous, uh, and they and they left you at the edge of the seat if you're watching as a Milan fan because you you're wondering are they going to be able to stop him? Um, you know, Cassie had a big slip on 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 their one goal, I think it was, or on the Thorsby chance, I should say. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was an interesting game. Uh, Tonali, I think, is starting to come around. Jens Peter Hauge, uh, like Lisi wanted me to say that uh, he he's he's coming to his own. Uh, it's good to see these guys, but uh, yeah, it it Sampdoria. Definitely made it interesting for us. Sam didn't come to play. It should have never been close. It shouldn't have, but they got their opportunities. Um, Antonio Candreva had 18 crosses in this game. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm scared of because I don't think Milan defensively deal well with crosses. He's the one who, um, uh, who set up Thorsby uh, on that one attempt that he just missed. Hey, hey Giuseppe. Giuseppe. Congratulations, Giuseppe. On to the next 16 and... Against the second place uh, team, so yeah, he might be drunk off of that win. <laughs> I'll actually say this: I think that uh, Milan, when you know, and I, I never like seeing injuries. Milan caught a break when Gabbiadini had to leave the game because if there was going to be a threat in these crossing situations, it was going to be him more so than Qualiarella. Yeah. Um. So that that was in the fifty seventh minute when he had to go off. Lagumina came on, and he's just he's not the aerial threat that Gabbiadini is. Um. And then Kondravich um, should learn to keep his hands to himself. Yeah, the uh, the, uh, the, twi- the 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 ear twisting incident with uh, yeah Tonali. Yep. So that was kind of that was kind of disgusting. Um, but another great performance from Kessie. Alessio Romagnoli continues to play better and starting to get his legs under him. I think those first couple of games where he disappointed, he fouled and gave away a couple penalties. I think that's just just getting legs under you and getting timing and positioning right. Uh, have a good evening, Giuseppe. Ciao. Congratulations again. Um, but uh, Romagnoli um, continues to get better. And now, you know, we don't know how much longer Kiara is going to be out. Romagnoli is going to really have to step up and be a leader in the defense. Perfect timing for him to come around and start playing really, really well. The last two games for Romagnoli has been really nice for him. Uh, he's been back to almost his old self, uh, at times even better. Uh, and w- with Kiara out, it's going to be important that he's going to step up. You know, with Gabia, who has some good moments and has some not good moments. Uh, Capitano, yeah, he he played very well. And if, if for those Milan fans in the, in the chat, uh, great interview with him on Milan on Milan's website. Uh, go check it out. It's a very good interview uh, for for the captain. Uh, but yeah, he's been doing really well. Uh, and when he scored that goal uh, the week the game before, uh, you know, obviously going right to the cameras and making a little chat, chat, chat. Uh, keep talking. He, he, he hears people talking. <laughs> he hears people talking. Uh, so good for him. Uh, we need him to step up. We need him to be back as always and shake off that rust. So yeah, he's been looking good. 
And I, I'd, I'd, I'd sing Calabria's. I mean, Calabria was outstanding in this game too, and I'd sing his praises even further. But my God, that pass to Rebic was just awful. <laughs> that should have been three nil, and game should have been killed off. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, but you know, be that as it may, uh, Milan go on. They win again. They score two goals again. They're top of the table again, five points clear, um, and. They're on a run, and right now, when I look at the form that Napoli and Juventus in particular are in, and Inter now starting to come around, they better figure out how they can stay on this run if they want to win the title. I mean, I, I'm I'm still being pragmatic about their chances. I still say it's top four for Milan. But yeah. the situation as it is, 10 games in, they're five points clear, and the way they're running, why not Milan? Yeah, it's true. That's true, and they need to keep their head of steam because there are teams behind them. Look, the teams are behind them, Juventus, Napoli, Inter. Uh, they are all charging, and you know all these Interisti who kept saying, oh, Conte, ah, this is a terrible fit. We're going to lose, blah, blah, blah. You're in second place. Like, What are you complaining about? You're going to be out of Champions League possibly, but your, your goal of the season had to be in Sudeto. It's not going to be Champions League win, and I think you're right there. You're in a mix. You've been playing so poor all season long, yet very inconsistent, and you're five points back. What more yeah. would you want? When you get hot in Milan, if they, if they go off on their streak, you're right there. You're right there for the taking. I'm like, yep. stop complaining. You guys are in there. Yeah, it could be better for sure. But I mean, they're in, they're in it. Napoli's right in it. You know, they're gonna they're still chirping about their three nothing loss to Juventus. Juventus are in it. Uh, so Milan need to keep it keep it tight. And you need to keep you know keep winning. Um, keep that five point lead, which is nice gap because if they do slip up, at least they'll have still have a couple points in in their favor. But yeah, it's. Uh, it's nice to see that they're winning without Ibrahimovic. They're not one-dimensional anymore, as people thought at the beginning of the season. They've really grown up as a team. Uh, so this is it's, it's excellent to see. Steve is asking, how come everyone is looking for a reason to have Milan at the top of the table for now? I, I, I guess I think that I'm also kind of... Um, it's a beauty. It's a beautiful campionato when it is open. And right now we have an open campionato. Absolutely. Wide open. Um, but... I, I just I look at the form that Inter and Juve are starting to round in. I look at how Napoli are winning games, and Milan have been on an unheard of run throughout this calendar year. Um, you know, ever since this, you know, from the especially from the beginning of the restart, they've been the opposite of Schalke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you balance. You balance. That's how you, you've got balance in your life. You know that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Um, so at some point there's going to be a dip and there's going to be a couple of losses in there. And can they, naturally, naturally. can they weather that? You know, I, I think if, with Kiar, with Zlatan, uh, even Romagnoli and some of these veterans, I think they can. We saw yeah. it. The three, everyone said when they lost three nil to, to Lil that, Three nil to Lille. It's hard to say. Um, they thought that this is back. Uh, here's the beginning of a new losing streak. And no, they uh, they they continue winning. They're finding ways, and that's yep. a sign of a good team. But you know, like I said, the dip's going to come. It's bound to ha happen to everybody. No one goes uh, wins, uh, stays undefeated forever. Ask yep. UCLA. It's how do you react to that? And I think they have the mentality in the locker room to help them overcome that. So it won't be excessive losses. Well, maybe maybe two or something like that. You know, that's and that's so doable. So Stevie, I'm just remaining tempered because we haven't had that dip yet, and this, and I know what is going to happen. The second I sit there and think we're going to win the Scudetto, we're going to break Cuvee's run, and all this other stuff. <sighs> okay, that's why I keep saying Inter's going to win. 
That's why I keep saying Juve is going to win it by eight to ten points. It's reverse psychology. <laughs> That's right. At least he knows about that. We were talking about that on Twitter this week uh, during yep. the game. Yep. So. So that's what that's why. Yeah. Goals of the week. Goals of the week. Uh, I, I thought it was gonna be hard to find five, uh, but I found five. Okay. Uh, number five for me, uh, Hakimi's first goal in the game. Uh, my number four, Enzola, the uh, when he scored against Lazio. Number three is Hakimi's second goal. Uh, Brozovic with the well, Brozovic set up the first goal. This one was a nice uh, solo effort by Hakimi. A wonderful finish there. Number two, Insigne from the left-hand side. and that lo- Lovely curler there. Number one for me, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic with a beautiful free kick. Uh, that's number one for me, easily. Mm. Um, I'm going with Castellejo's goal at number five. And now, the goal itself wasn't pretty, but the the playmaking from Jens-Petr Haga is everything you need to know about this goal. The pass um, in a tight space and, and the time to run by Rebic to be able to turn the ball back. That's why that's a top goal for me. Um, and then Castellejo is just there to put it home. Mm-hmm. Um, but the buildup to it was brilliant. Yep. Uh, so number five, that's number five for me. I'll uh, take Akimi's second goal, uh, at number four. Um, Inzola is in at number three, Insigne is at number two. And then I'm with you. I think Sergey had the goal of the week with his free kick against Spezia. I don't even think the goalie moved in that in the, on that goal. It just nope, it's in. <laughs> why, 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 why bother? Yeah, why bother? Exactly. Uh, you know, winners and losers this week. I'm gonna go with my winner. Um, you know, I'm gonna go with Inter uh, because of the important win against Munchen Gladbach, uh, and then following that up with a win against a tough Bologna team uh, that's been starting to get a little bit starting to get a little bit better. It looks like this team is starting to have a little bit more confidence here under Antonio Conte. That craziness is kind of getting aside, which can be worrisome for the rest of the league. So um, I'm going to go for Inter uh, for my winner. Uh, for my loser this week, it's uh, Sassuolo. Yeah. Um, Caputo or no Caputo. And if you're trying to make yourself a top four uh, or even, you know, top four is probably unreasonable, but try to finish in these European places, um, fifth, sixth, even seventh. This is a game you got to take advantage of when you got a man up, even Chicho or no Chicho. Uh, and you got to you got to find a way to get three points out of it. And they didn't. And uh, I, I look at it as two points lost for Sassuolo. But not only that, they could have lost this game with the chances that Roma created. Yeah, no, I agree 100 percent. Uh, my winners and losers. Uh, winners of the week. Uh, well, first, my, my first winner is going to be Weston McKinney. He gets his first goal in Serie A, first Champions League goal for Juventus. Good for him as an American. Uh, and then uh, also Milan, my winners of the week. Uh, you found a, uh, we found a way to win ugly against a team that probably shouldn't have been that close, but uh, they found a way. That's what good teams do. Uh, yep. Kept a five-point lead, so that's the winners of the week. And losers for me, uh, anyone who watched that Parma-Benevento matchup, that was not – I mean, if you watch you know, Roma-Sassuolo, okay, that was fine. But uh, Parma Benevento, man, my goodness, that was uh, struggling for a good play on that game. Anybody that watched and then the thousand that got to go to that game. Yep. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Give them money back. Yeah. Yep. That was the the uh, the uh, the lovely notes of Giuseppe Verdi was the only thing, you know, when they walk out is the only thing that was lovely about it. They thought that our game. podcast was starting. That's why. Yeah. Yep. They thought they thought they were coming to see a live City <laughs> a sit down podcast. That's right. Yep, you're absolutely right. right. Um, okay, so we've hit up on our goals of the week. We've hit up on our winners and losers, and now let's try to uh, get through to the contest, ladies and gentlemen. The moment you've all been waiting for: uh, the world's most popular uh, <laughs> hashtag contest. 
Who won Kelcho Twitter? Uh, all right, I'll lead us off. Our first one comes from uh, Alex Dano. Uh, Football Taya put out an article about today. It became clear Juventus managers are under investigation for their activity in the processes of trying to accelerate basically the cheating thing with Luis Suarez and his Italian citizenship. So Alex tweeted out, Juventus only cheat on days that end in Y. Ah, <laughs> very nice, Alex. Uh, yes. Very nice. Um, all right. We have uh, at... Snajaths, S N A J A T H S, not Parisnich. People criticizing Conte for humiliating Ericsson, but no one is criticizing Ericsson for going bald to humiliate Conte. I find that so funny. I don't know why. I guess there's a picture of the dog, too. It makes me laugh. I don't know. That's good. That's good. Oh, this is good from Uncle Sharma. How it started? How it's going? <laughs> Look at his face. We're bastards. He's lost some hair. Oh, can grow all that hair back if he joins Milan. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, oh, this is funny. Uh, this is from at AC Maruk, uh, and I'm, I'm thinking this is AC M A R U K. One thing that I never really understood about Milan Twitter is why they love boners so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Stevie, can you answer that one? <laughs> and then he corrects uh, himself in a reply saying, hashtag Bonera. For fuck's sake. For... <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, my goodness. Um, uh, yep. He, uh, you know, that's a, that's a classic when you tweet from your iPhone and it corrects it for you. Because I, I have seen that whenever I've had to tweet or text about Bonera. And see that get auto corrected, and I'm smart enough to just get that corrected before it goes out. <laughs> Stevie says, "Cause we know Dick." <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do we got next? Oh, what is next? I lost track. So Napoli put out a tweet about uh, goals in the league. Basically, uh, uh, Napoli. And this is Rafa. This is Rafa. You know, paraphrasing him, he says Napoli official Twitter pointing out in a roundabout manner that Iguain's seventy-one league goals for Napoli is the greatest tweet I've seen all week. Uh, they said minus one. It's a. There you go. <laughs> Make a big for everyone. Okay. Oh, oh that's spite for him. Uh, all right. Um, oh, here we go. Um, not sure how we missed this one, Sabrina, and it's gold. City, I'll sit down our nomination uh, for who won Calcio Twitter. Sabrina Belmonte at SabriB10, past guest on the podcast. Well, we got to get her back on here soon. That's right. Um, at Milan Weekly Pod, no one is talking Scudetto. At DeFonte215, mm. it's the <laughs> that's all he's been talking about. <laughs> his eyes. He's like, oh, whoops. <laughs> uh. That's good. Um, uh, that was that. Oh no, we got. There we go. There's your buddy. That, you can do this one. Okay. Uh, Matteo Bonetti getting his first nomination for who won Calcio Twitter. Not that he listens to us. Uh, Leo Bonucci almost bringing South Dakota <laughs> to their knees there on the goal that got called back. <laughs> um, uh, this is in reference to uh, favorite footballer by State. Yeah, that South- came out a while back, and somehow South Dakota was Leonardo Bonucci. <laughs> so, yeah, the I one jersey any, that was sold there. <laughs> I don't know any Italians in South Dakota. So, <laughs> uh, this one is a double one that I'll take. Uh, oh, 
let's go with this one first. All right, so first, this comes from uh, Ivan. It's Ivan underscore I-94. He says, Ronald Koeman getting tactically outclassed by a wine enthusiast and entrepreneur that became a football manager because he was bored and needed a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he followed that up with, uh, where is the other one? Uh, bah, 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 bah. Oh, come the on. The picture of Pirlo the... in the venue. Yeah, yeah, the picture of Pirlo. Oh, here Do it is. I really want to be a football manager? Do I really want to be a football manager? <laughs> kind of reminds me of uh, um, The Onion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a yeah. while back when the Giants beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl for the second time. <laughs> and there was a the headline said, Eli Manning to his dad, can I stop playing football now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Europa League getting into the action, uh, I guess, in a roundabout way. He said, uh, welcome Manchester United <laughs> after their loss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> Uh, I think that uh, was I the think, last one. Oh, no. I, wait. This is a Milan Weekly Podcast. It was a couple minutes ago. You want to get this one? <laughs> at Joe underscore Cappuccino. Messy today. Uh, <laughs> a little fat there. Uh, yeah, he didn't. He didn't move around that much today, so. No, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't. Didn't look uh, like he wanted to be out there a whole lot. Yeah. So. so, chat. What do you think, chat? Who do you got? A lot. I saw a lot of people for Uncle Sharma. I saw some for uh, the South Dakota. I thought the uh, the boners one was funny. <laughs> uh, what do you got, Frank? What do you think? Wow, tough one this week because there's one. some good ones. Um, let's see. Uh, you know, Mark Galliani's is up there for me. Uncle Sharma's. I actually like the not Paris niche one. Uh, if I had to pick niche. between those, yeah, so I'm right now down fun. to not Paris niche. Um, Mark Galliani. Yeah, I think those are the two for me. And uh, Bonetti uh, are probably the three, and then also Ivan underscore i ninety four. That was a funny one with a with a Ronald Coleman one, the first one. It's one of those four. Can't go wrong with can't go wrong with Boner says Doug Jacks Doug Jackson. <laughs> Not touching that. <laughs> we don't we don't judge Doug. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, I don't know, man. It's that's tough. My vote is for uh, Sabrina clowning David Fonte. Uh, that's that's Michael's <laughs> vote. Steve says boner or boner. <laughs> Lord, Lord boner. <laughs> uh, boner, uh, the South Dakota banter. Uh, yeah, I think we got I think, I think it's going to, um, oh, tough one. Um, yeah, I think we'll go with, I think we'll go with Mark Galliani. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why they love boner so much? Because they love dick. <laughs> when a typo becomes this week's oh man oh man <sighs> no man that's good well laugh played at ac maruk <laughs> thanks for helping with my immersion as a new fan of seria and juve except for this part Thank you, Doug. <laughs> What's that? Thanks for helping me. Uh, <laughs> uh, no problem, Doug. Glad uh, glad you're along with us and keep uh, keep checking in with us. So, okay, so our winner on this. Uh, at AC Milan, M-A-R-U-K, he is our winner uh, of Calcio Twitter this week. Keep those nominees coming, guys. We're having a we're having a great time with this. Everybody seems to be. Um, so uh, and some pretty good some pretty good uh, stuff out there. So.
Uh, and with that, we'll put a bow on this edition of Serie A Sit Down, Richard. Shameless plug time. Yeah, first I want to give a shout out to Low Limit Football. They had me on as their guest. Uh, you know, we talk about we talk a lot of things, but for Serie A, we talked you know Champions League. We talked about Juventus and McKinney. Uh, it kind of worked out because McKinney ended up scoring two goals after that after that podcast. And uh, and yeah, we talked about all the, how all the teams in Champions League their chances of surviving uh, into the next round. So. Um, I foolishly said, yeah, Juve will give no chance. They're going to go for uh, – put their starting lineup against uh, Barcelona and try to win that. Well, Juve said, uh, hold my beer. And they got that. So good for them. So, yeah, shout out to them. And then otherwise, you can find find me anywhere, as the handle says, at our underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N, anywhere. Uh, I'm at FTC underscore 21. You can find me right there uh, on Twitter. Um, I think I'm going to be on Friday with Alex. Uh, nice. I think that there were some other programming things that they wanted to get to on Friday last week, which which I wasn't on. But I uh, am appearing sporadically on Fridays at 2 o'clock Eastern at Onside Radio with Alex Dono on his Man of the Match radio program. That is at 2 o'clock Eastern if you want to uh, tune into that. we He and I will have a brief discussion about all things Serie A, Calcio, and other things in the football world. Um, and uh, that's it. City, uh, I sit down. We have our own channel on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we have our own cha- channel on SoundCloud. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever there's podcasts. There is City, I sit down. Adriano, much love, regards. He jumped on late. Uh, tell your buddy to learn math, by the way. Um, he'll know what I'm talking about. Um, and uh, we are also uh, at City, I sit down on Twitter or Instagram. You can also find us on Facebook. Uh, so, uh, check us out on all of those. If you have any, uh, anything you want us to cover, anything you want us to talk about in future podcasts, that's, uh, where you can drop it. So, um, Richard, it's been fun. Uh, it has. Let's do it again. Forza La Dea tomorrow. Forza. If, I can't say, I can't say it. Forza Inter. You, all right. There. You said it for me. I did say okay. it. Well done guys. Thank you. Thank you. Chat. Great stuff as always. Thank you all for uh, for uh, for helping keep it helping us keep this lively, um, and uh, we will be back again next week. We will uh, have a breakdown of match week eleven. We will have a breakdown of uh, the draw for the Champions League and the Europa League as well, and how our teams uh, fared and what their prospects are. Uh, until then, thanks as always for listening. Um, Go to any of the aforementioned places and give us a five-star rating. Uh, drop a like here on this YouTube. Oh, should mention the YouTube page. Uh, subscribe, drop a like. Um, well done, guys. Glad I was able to make it. Frank, how dare you? Uh, well, I didn't. Richard did it. <laughs> so, nah. Lies. With that, that with, with that said, thank you again. And as always, tell your paisans about us. Ciao.